It's not over, Neil. It's not over till the fat lady sings. No, it's not over. The COVID's going to make it. Oh, Jesus. It's going to make it. Yeah. We're going to make it against the COVID or the COVID's going to defeat us all and wipe us out. It's, what I mean is that it's not over. It's not In over. In case you think it's over, <clears throat> it's not over. I thought we'd get vaccinated and then go back to normal. A lot of people think it's over. That's what it's they said would happen. Well that's, what, well, that's not what they're saying now. Just put up that link I just sent you, Scotty. Um... Take it from some dude named Van Tam. He's England's number two medical officer. And he's a, he has a problem. A couple mm-hmm. of days ago. <laughs> too many people think the pandemic is over. Which is the impression I get as well. That there's a lot of people, at least in least where we are, a lot, a lot of people, you know, taking a very... Acting a bit normal. Taking a bit of a lax attitude to the whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a pandemic. We are in pandemia, and um, you've seen you've seen less masks, less like masks. People even even in restaurants and stuff where supposedly some kind of proof of vaccination is needed. More and more people not bothering restaurants, not bothering people being yeah relaxed about masks and all that kind of stuff. And not um, talking about <clears throat> it, they just don't talk about the thing. Yeah, if they well, can avoid it. Just put up that article again, Scotty. The first in the first paragraph. English Deputy Chief Medical Officer said Wednesday that too many people believe the pandemic is over. This is a bad thing. There's too many people not living in fear anymore. And he says the UK's very high coronavirus rates and rising deaths mean that there are hard months to come in the winter. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good prediction for a Deputy Chief Medical Officer to make whose job depends on there being some kind of a health crisis um, and his position and his... his... You'd like to think his job depends on the population just being healthy. No, no, no. No, crisis. No, no. You never let crisis. a crisis go to waste. That's what government's for. He's part of the government, effectively, obviously. So um, all governments, like we've been saying over and over and over again, and I mean, I'm not talking about ordinary people or, or people who would watch the show or people who are who are woke, <coughs> who are awake. Awake, not... Sorry, the... sorry, or who are awake. Not the woke people. The, what's the opposite of woke? That's sleep. why they call them woke, because they're such like... Because they're not woke at all. Cross-eyed version of woke. Right. You know. uh, but there's so many people can't get it into their heads, and it's the foundational problem behind all of this, everything that has been going on for, you know, well, the past 18 months plus, even going back to uh, all sorts of issues and problems that have beset the planet uh, in terms of wars and all that kind of stuff, and chaos and terrorism. People have a really hard time Accepting a very, very simple concept to that their government are not honest brokers. Uh, of course, people will accept that, yeah, of course, there can be corruption in politics and all that kind of stuff, but there's a limit to where they'll go with that, despite the fact that, you know, the evidence in front of them suggests that, you know, for them, there really isn't a limit, there isn't a line, it's whatever is expedient in the moment <clears throat> in terms of maintaining the positions of power and control of the population. And like I've said to you, not that I was telling you this, but I was just saying it, is that a government's job is not to care for people. A government's job is to control people. And that yeah. has always been the way. And that very simple concept is really hard for a lot of people to actually get into their heads. It's like there's a block. They just don't... You get the sense that they don't want to believe that. It's not that they, there's no evidence for them to believe that. It's that they don't want to. So the evidence can go take a hike. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, they're going to go with the plausible, comfortable narrative, which is that governments care about us. I trust my government. 
And they say that to the position of not having any other option but to trust their government. Yeah. Well, that's they think the, they don't. Well, I suppose they don't, depending on the person. But That's one aspect of it. It's real and it's true and it's driven us nuts the last two years, okay? Yeah. But um, isn't the other aspect, of, well, we said before that, which is that you notice that people are getting slack. They're not mm-hmm. behaving mm-hmm. as scared as they ought, apparently, yeah. well, that's, the government. That's a kind of slow That's a kind drift. of an unconscious... You notice that people will, as much as they don't criticize, maybe as much as we would like them to, right. they also kind of just naturally slip away from... <laughs> yeah, yeah. From, they have from, to be forced back every yeah. time. Well, which is... The natural which, drift kicks right. back in. Which is the attitude the government takes, is that the, the people always have to be pushed nudged to use a popular theory. term nudge mm. theory to, to, to push people in a, in a particular direction now the question is is that direction for your benefit or is it for the benefit of politicians and power hungry people uh, I would say the the reasonable conclusion is that it's for, for their benefit not for your benefit um, so yeah but anyway this guy says yeah uh, hard months to come in winter of course whatever Big deal. There's always hard months to come in every winter when viruses are circulating and people who are vulnerable to viruses slip off this mortal coil. And uh, it's always been accepted as just uh, a part of life. But no longer. March 2020 changed all that. It changed the definition of a pandemic. It changed the definition of what vaccinated means. It, it, it pretty much dumped out the 100-year-old, uh, very useful and reliable concept of uh, herd immunity. Lots of things got dumped out in uh, March 2020 uh, to the detriment of the population, obviously. Um, and a lot of things were instituted. Uh, lockdowns. Everything that lockdown is now. Uh, despite so, despite the, that <coughs> British minister's uh, dismay, disapproval, would you say that it's been... Fairly successful. Fairly successful. I was yes. going to say wildly successful yeah, yeah. from their point of view. Yeah. I mean, people are slipping, like you said, in, in terms of not taking the pandemic. And as this guy uh, and other government figures are concerned about that people aren't taking it seriously enough anymore. Uh, and they're doing that because it's their very right to not take it seriously. The evidence before their eyes is that there's nothing really serious to stop them from living normal lives. But governments don't want you to live a normal life. They've put a lot of effort into, um, into conditioning people in this way. And they're not going to let it go, right? They're not going to. I'm just going to drop the ball on that one, right? And obviously, as we've talked about in previous shows, they're kind of segueing into climate disaster and, mm. you know, so lockdowns. We heard that right not long after the beginning or after maybe last summer or whatever, people talking about uh, lockdowns would be useful for to, to protect the climate, protect the, the planet, to stave off climate change. Let's have lockdown, permanent lockdown until we fix the planet. It's bizarre. You know, it all points to uh, an agenda behind the scenes, somewhere in positions of power to remake the world in a particular way uh, and the, the details of it are, are pretty pretty scary uh, in terms of what they plan or what they want to do. It's massively reckless in terms of yeah. social cohesion and the economy and social structure. Uh, and yeah, um, But that's the thing, people won't go there with, with that idea. It's just too, too difficult for them to accept the idea that Governments would be so malevolent. Yeah, they're a bit malevolent, but not so malevolent, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, if <clears throat> media campaigns, we know, um, if it's sustained enough, will work, mm-hmm. at least in the short term. 
you just say, even if it's later shown to be the opposite to reality, if it's hit over and over and over and over and over again, it's accepted as truth, at least for a while. Right. But something as sustained as this over years and growing, increasing in intensity. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, true polling, like the one we mentioned last week, where <clears throat> maybe it was just Americans who were polled. Yeah. Of all these government issues that, or issues that are go go going on at the moment, social issues, economic, whatever, international, where do you rank them on importance and what you want government to act on? And like of 15 categories, <laughs> climate change was last. Yep. So there's a re that, that's what to really think, maybe when it's a sober moment. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, at the same time, these... I don't want to overstate it either. Like, there's also a risk of us talking about them always talking about COP26 and climate change and doomsday and stuff. They're projecting what they wishfully think or what they wish to see others think as many as possible. And how many of the billions on this planet are they really taking along with them? How much, of, how much of an effect do they have? You know? I think they don't really care. I don't think they plan to take a lot of people along with them. I think their, their, their goal or their agenda is to keep people in a state of fear and um, keep them controlled in that way. So a lot of people, they hear all the time about climate change and how it's a danger and stuff and they'll give lip service to it. But they don't really look into it. They don't really care that much about it. You know, uh, It started a long time ago, obviously, but uh, people have been, you know, a lot of people out there have been recycling and, you know, uh, yeah, and helping the planet for a very long time. So it's been a long, long process of conditioning people to think in those terms of, you know, we're in danger. And the ozone hole the in the 90s. Taking, the ozone hole, all that kind of stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, they have an agenda. They're pushing ahead with it, and they just want to keep people in on, on song, essentially, and uh, <clears throat> keep a, a certain narrative at the forefront of people's minds so that the average person just has a, has canned responses, news bites that they pick up. Uh, they want those canned news responses when they talk about it to be, well, from the news, right, what, what government wants them to say and what them, wants them to think about it. And no other voices are, are really allowed or are accepted in the, in the dominant narrative, right? They're, as we've seen, they're censored. They're removed from the airwaves to the greatest extent possible. And it's a real division, you know, it's dividing people, the ones who can see and can think for themselves will seek out those alternative sources of news and information and, and they'll go with it. And as long as they're still available, then okay. But even if they were all removed, people would still uh, hold to that, that idea that they have of, you know, this is all bullshit, this, the government is, is, is lying, it's, it's manipulating, it's trying to control us through fear. And the vast majority, and I think it is the vast, or the majority, significant majority of the rest of the population will just go along with... Uh, always what the government says, you know. So the, the lines have been drawn, you know. There's a division mm. that's already happened quite a, quite a long time ago. And it maybe happened uh, with the... It started with the birth of every single person, you know. It's either in people to see it or it's not, you know. And we see that ourselves very directly with, with people we know and stuff, you know. So, um, But just on his... Uh, getting back to that second chief medical officer person in the UK, Van Tam. Um, just go to Euro Momo there. It's just... You can, anybody can go to Euromomo. It's basically uh, a database of deaths, specifically in relation to COVID, but also deaths in general. Um, and this is deaths in general. If you just scroll down to excess mortality, the heading excess mortality, um, it's like the, the line graphs. Yeah, 
next one right there. Excess mortality. This is up to date up to week, uh, whatever it is, 43 that we're in or something. Um, as you see there, that's all ages. If you scroll past all, there's three lines, right? There's a baseline and then there's three lines for the past three years. Grey line, 2019, dark blue line, 2020, light blue line, 2021. Uh, zero to 14 years. And if the interesting ones are... The next, the next one. 15 to 44 years. <clears throat> so light blue line is this year. Uh, weekly deaths on average... Uh, well, weekly deaths, week by week, are have reached higher levels um, at this point, significantly higher levels than at any point um, huh. in in twenty twenty. Uh, that's for fifteen to forty four year olds, uh, forty five to sixty four year olds. Same deal, a little bit lower, but also st still higher than last year. And even 65 to 74 year olds, it's not that much lower than the highest it was last year. Now, this is obviously in the context of all majority of all of these people in these age groups having been already vaccinated. So you have greater number of excess mortality, excess deaths this year to this at this point uh, than there was last year, particularly among the 15 to 44 year olds, 45 and to 64 year olds, i.e. those people who were not really in any risk at any risk uh, from coronavirus, but apparently this year something has put them at risk and has caused a significant excess number of deaths compared to last year. Yeah, I heard Alex Berenson say um, in that age category, mm -hmm. uh, more broadly says below 50. Yeah, It's up over, it's like 50% up this year than mm -hmm. last year mm -hmm. in both Europe and the United States. Yeah, the same, as in the same case in the US, yeah. This is just all of all European countries, but it's indicative of... Uh, of most of all of the Western world, effectively. Yeah. Um, I mean, there'd be differences in, in different parts of other parts of the world that have also rolled out vaccine vaccine mandates, let's call them, because uh, that's what they are, forcing vaccination on people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's some graphs for you from an official uh, EU um, agency that's showing that in the presence of in most countries, you know, you're talking 70, 80% of the people vaccinated. This is what you see. Significantly more excess deaths among middle age group. Popular up from 15 years, basically, up to 64 years. Significant number of excess mortality <clears throat> in the presence of vaccination against COVID. More people are dying this year in those age groups um, having been vaccinated than were dying last year throughout the entire raging pandemic so there you go but again i've seen that spun i've seen <clears> that spun hard to say that well we opened up too early we went back to normal too early but vaccination protects you not enough i don't know i don't know i just that's they're either not talking about that well also time. i mean you can look at this that this website yourself and any, any other website that shows this kind of data last year and this year the number of excess deaths anywhere in the world were not remarkable. This is effectively, it is a, that bad word, scamdemic. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to suggest, to, to call it a pandemic. But again, they changed the definition of vaccine uh, and they changed the definition of pandemic, right? So they reduced it way down. I mean, for most people, pandemic should conjure up uh, images or <clears throat> ideas of significant large amounts of death and that, and that kind of stuff. But really, there was nothing remarkable over, you know, you go back 10, 15 years, 
and look at it, and it's you know it's depending on the country or whatever, but it's it's barely 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 higher than 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 previous years. Bad flu seasons, for example. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is is a joke, and I mean, and you can say that, and people are f- afraid to just call, come out and say that. But if you look at the totality of data, you can can marshal all the data and try and make your case, or you can just call it what it is. You know, <clears throat> maybe cite some data, or whatever. But the bottom line is the totality of all the data, uh, not just you know actual you know numbers and all that kind of stuff, but in terms of what has happened over the past year and. Uh, the way that has been managed and the, <clears throat> the messaging around it and all that kind of stuff, the fear-based messaging, the, the the obvious attempt to to coerce people to be afraid in the absence of something really for them to be afraid. You put it all together and it's been a joke, you know, really has been a joke. Uh, and unless you've been looking at it in that way and looking at that data and looking at that, that information, I suppose you're, yeah, you're going to believe what the government says, but it's horrible to think <clears> that you just always, anybody would always just believe whatever the government says and not what's in front not of the face. Not only that, but they'll go, they'll go to bat for the government. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Before coming on air, I saw one Guardian um, lead story citing a joint Israeli-Swedish study which claimed that uh, all cause all cause deaths over the last year and a half are massively underestimated. Um, so the official COVID death toll is something like five, six million. Um, they're saying it's more like 16, 20 million. And they say that that's because countries like Russia mm-hmm. and China. elsewhere in Eastern <clears throat> Europe are not reporting correctly because they're massively downplaying. They're not on board properly like we are. We writing for the journal, the Guardian. Yeah. Um, that people, it, it's bizarre because the whole they're coming at it from a whole different premise. The other premise is their premise is there's a raging pandemic out there, and no one wants to talk about it because it scares them, mm. and therefore it's actually worse than. <laughs> Where have these people been? Obviously, obviously, the governments and their colleagues in media have jumped on every opportunity. We know. They've grasped at straws all over the place because how many cases have there been where they became notorious headline cases? You know, um, student goes to party in Texas, dies from COVID when when they broke lockdown rules or something Mm -hmm. like that. Last words on his deathbed were, I wish, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, Mm -hmm. you later hear it's a totally hearsay. It's fake. There's no guy. There's no name. There's no person who, someone who is a senior-ish in the hospital or in medical services, maybe in the government in the US, just invented the story out of whole cloth. Uh, I think in one case, one person was actually challenged back on it. She said, well, you know, whether it's true or not, the point is we we have to get the message out that this is serious. Mm-hmm. I It's okay for me to lie and to make up shit about this pandemic mm-hmm. because I still imagine, based on my assumptions, that there is a raging pandemic behind all of it. We can't quite see it, she says. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because people don't want to see it. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. eyes wide shut and going beyond government messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you, see, you see that with the criticism from the left of the British government in general this last 18 months oh, Boris, he messed up the whole thing, he, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives if only he had been usually harsher, mm. more locked down, mm-hmm. longer mm-hmm. punish people mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty frightening that that kind of mentality exists and what it means is that it could have been worse. The lockdowns could have been worse in the, pun- the punitive total nature of the lockdowns. 
they, they, there was still space for them to go further because there's the government isn't like on the far outer edges mm-hmm. of extremity. There are others who are always propelling it to go further. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, they actually find a a more laissez-faire middle ground than what ends up. We and that we say we look at it and we say, well, that's still totally out of whack with reality in general. It's too extreme. I'm not suggesting that that's not the case. But keep in mind, there there are always these forces working on government to go further. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to. I don't know. Mm. It's hard to just. It's hard to justify it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can, you can have. I don't know. People can have a look at this. At, at, uh, it's. Um, You can spin it any way you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that people, and that's the whole thing. It's been about spin. You know what I mean? Uh, and fear, like we talked about in previous shows about how UK and other government uh, scientists, behavioural scientists, were you know in rooms plotting how to scare the crap out of people as much as possible, and in that way implant in their minds the idea that they were in a deadly in a deadly pandemic and that deaths were, people were dying all over the place and that kind of stuff, despite the fact that people couldn't see anybody dying all over the place. They were being told that this is what was happening and it's all about fear, right? Act I mean, as if you've got it. Yeah, if you just look at that, uh, that's the JAMA, JAMA network. Um, just go into the graph. This is number number of deaths for leading cause of death, US, 2015 to 2020. Um, you know, you've got total number of deaths there and the average year, year in the UK in the US, 2.8, 2.9 million um, people. That's obviously main, main deaths remain the highest. Uh, the, the, the leading cause of deaths remain the same, heart disease, cancer. Number three, there's COVID, uh, 2020, 345,000 people. So about half the number of people who died from heart disease. Um, the thing is, there's a list of things that kill people every year. And... Last year, supposedly COVID, you know, even allowing, you know, not talking about how they may have manipulated data to show that COVID was the cause of death when it was probably something else because the vast majority of people who died from COVID had serious comorbidities. So a lot of those 345,000 deaths in, in the US last year may have, should have been shunted into cancer and heart disease and uh, Heart disease, and yeah, myocarditis. Yeah. So, um, but still, it doesn't really stand out. Do you know what I mean? It's just another another cause of death. And are you really going to wreck the global economy? Are you going to shut everything down over over something like that? Over, you know, something that's somewhere in the ra- range of ten percent of overall deaths every year. As the official figures uh, in the U.S., ten percent uh, of, of deaths every year from COVID. You're going to shut down for that one one illness. Um, it doesn't add up. But shut it down they have, in part or for a while there, in full, um, at least in the first lockdown last year. Mm-hmm. Now now they're going for the kids. They're going for the kids and then the climate fund. That's also the take-home action. The take-home thing you're supposed to get from it in general is to shut it all down. Yeah. We've got to put a break on this thing. Well, on yeah. what thing? Well, everything. On life. Isn't it kind of interesting, Lockdown. though? That's what they did with COVID, that they shut down the economy for COVID, and that's what we've been talking about for, for many years. It's the same thing, essentially, that they want in yeah. both, both issues. Camps, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
just on, on the kids thing, I just want to make this point. I hope most people know it. Uh, there's there's heartening uh, you know news about data about the numbers of people who plan to allow their kids. You know, these are under under twelve or very young kids to be vaccinated. There's a lot of people. You know, maybe you see reports of thirty only thirty percent of parents are saying that they would get their kids vaccinated and the, with a you know a mRNA vaccine against COVID. But uh, that doesn't stop Pfizer. And all of the media and governments and all really pushing hard on um, on trying to convince people, parents and children even directly to children yeah. to to try and get the kids to put pressure on parents so they can get their vaccine. I want my vaccine. The or C- just to ignore the, the parents. The CDC and Pfizer said that I need my vaccine, so I'm going to go and get my vaccine at you know six, seven, eight years old. Just play the the MP MP4, Scotty. Uh, this is well, you'll see. All of us want to be superheroes, and the most important heroes are those that help others. This year, thousands of kids like us around the world joined the COVID-19 vaccine trial. Kid power. And when they did, they became all superheroes. (laughs) To all the kids who volunteered. We'd like to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your superpowers of courage, trying new things, the ability to save people, the power to help people, helping not just um, yourself but many other kids. Do not be scared. Be strong. Superpowers. Bravery and courage. A superhero shot. Helping everybody. Fight coronavirus and help others. You're helping the whole entire world. Thank you. You are all superheroes. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, superheroes. Thank you. You're awesome. Pfizer. Pfizer. Loves your children. Of course, what it tells you is that their parents... Ready to fight COVID. What that actually tells you is that they're just playing what their parents believe about yeah, the world. Lots. Superheroes and stuff like that. They, you know, bless them, they're just kids, but their parents think like that. Mm-hmm. They have parents who are children. Yeah. And, yeah, of course, yeah. And it's kind of disgusting because, as everybody knows and no one disagrees with, we just throw up the COVID and kids, JPEGs, um, one and two. Um, this is... This is New York Times, maybe a couple of months ago, was well known a couple of months ago. COVID and age. An unvaccinated child is at, l- is at less risk of serious COVID illness than a vaccinated seven year old. <laughs> um, and then the second one is just from the same article. Uh, the more encouraging half of the story is on the other end of the age spectrum. For children without a serious medical condition, the danger of severe COVID is so low as to be difficult to quantify i.e. it's zero. <laughs> they have zero risk of any kind of severe illness as a result of this uh, virus. And yet, Pfizer puts out this kind of manipulative campaign that's just one of many, and governments obviously are pushing as well. And I've looked, I've looked it up to try and find an explanation from anywhere, any official source, as to why children need to be vaccinated. And there is no reason. It's to get back to normal, mm. to... I mean, they make some. They make some reference to you know, 
some kids have had this, they only have tiny tiny figures to show certain amount of kids but it's really if you look at it they, they put it in a certain context but if you look at it in the proper context it's, it's nothing it's basically zero kids are effectively immune to this virus and yet there's a massive the fda just recently approved uh mrna pfizer uh, shot for children when they don't need it so i mean that fact alone should raise serious questions about the integrity of the people pushing this whole agenda and that should lead you into questioning, naturally lead you into questioning all the rest of it. And it's very easy to do. It's not hard. But again, we come back to that problem of this weird psychological, emotional block that people have against accepting the fact that this all could have been a big ruse, a big scam for some ulterior motive. And it's like, have people never come across a ruse or a scam or a horror of horrors conspiracy before? Like the idea of a conspiracy. As we know, the CIA made up the term conspiracy theory like decades ago, specifically in order to ridicule uh, people for suggesting that there could be any kind of a plot or any kind of a nefarious agenda among people in positions of power, uh, you know, vis-a-vis towards the population. Um, And people today, maybe they bought that a long time ago and... But they know as well, I think, because you see it in ordinary people. I don't think people have been conditioned to be this way. I think that people, a lot of people are naturally this way. Where they simply can't accept the idea that the people on whom they depend or they believe that they depend for their security and, you know, daily sustenance, whatever, uh, to keep society together, that they depend on, like children depend on parents. They cannot believe that those people, uh, they will not believe are emotionally unable to believe that those people could be in any way malintended towards them. And if that's the case, then forget about it. The government can do whatever it wants. And if it's got a half-bullshit, plausible narrative, then people will accept it. People will eat it up because they want to believe. They want to believe that government is good. And it doesn't they, matter how much evidence. They are capable of believing it in, in specific <clears throat> instructed circumstances. So there was an example that comes to mind, um, a series of terrorist attacks in Russia during over the last 10 years, usually at train stations and metro bombings, mm-hmm. maybe in Moscow, Petersburg, elsewhere. And um, I remember reading a BBC article that gave, you know, it made the suggestion that, um, well, this is Putin's Russia, so, and he's got to be able to clamp down now on stuff in right. Russia. So it, we They're should keep open a the possibility theory. now that... They're voicing the a hardcore conspiracy theory right there, but it only applies to other governments, yeah. to the enemy, to the other, to, to the, the bad other. people. To It'll happen in North Korea. Russia, and in the United States, the GOP slash under, especially under Trump, can be engaged in conspiracy. Right. Grand, Just grand conspiracy. They, they framed Trump <clears throat> because of the January 6th insurrection mm-hmm. um, as the commander-in-chief of a terrorist organization. Right. It's conspiring Which together to overthrow the, yeah. the proper order in this right. country. So they do... So what happens just doesn't... We don't do it, is the idea. That, that, that they, quote-unquote, they say. They they never do it. The ones who are supposedly the ones who are always pointing out the conspiracies are never engaged in conspiracy themselves. Or not always, but when they would ha- when they would suggest that a conspiracy can exist in certain places in Russia or amongst the, in the Trump campaign or in the Trump administration, um, 
Yeah. The very fact that they're pointing it out, they're pointing the finger, means that they would, of course, never do it themselves, right? They would never be a party to it. Yeah. Maybe it's just a simply a matter of numbers. There has to be sufficient um, consonants of media voice saying something mm. or framing something a certain way. Yeah. Once you reach a certain threshold, then that's the truth. Then that's the truth. It's They don't see it this way, but it's as if it's, it may as well be the word of God. Mm. It's... And they, they make no distinction between their own voice and its voice. Mm. People joke, they meme, <laughs> meme this up the wazoo, you know, the whole NPC thing. Right. We're all speaking in unison with whatever CNN just said. Yeah. It's a joke, but it's also something, there's something real to this. I don't understand it exactly. Is it just simply the amount of media barrage and it reaches a threshold? It's just something subliminal within specific messaging that somehow there are signals that are picked up unconsciously by some people. There has to be fertile ground for those types of signals to be picked up, though. They have to be willing to absorb that kind of, uh, like like you call it a plausible narrative or yeah. a comfortable narrative about 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 the world. And people need somebody to be in control. It's 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 okay if you identify someone as the as as the evil one or the one who's engaged in a conspiracy to overthrow the government or, or or to carry out terrorist attacks in Russia or something like that, as long as we have our good guys on this side, right? So ultimately, you can't trash the whole lot of them, you know, um, because there has to be somebody has to be the good guy, right? Um, but talking about and the good guy they've chosen is the bloody CIA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ultimately, it's the CIA. And um, <sighs> we're talking about talking about uh, COVID propaganda. There's a there's a wonderful kind of tongue-in-cheek, not tongue-in-cheek, but kind of somewhat funny um, advertisement in Australia. Yeah, it's a lot better than the psycho ones they were doing. Yeah, but still, it's, it's, it, I found it quite disgusting, all the same. Okay. Um, it's the Twitter cookie cat seven. Just get a load of this. It's obviously jokey, but it's got a serious message. You're having a reaction. Um, you're gonna be fine. Hold still. Wait, what brand happy bag is that? I don't know. What's in it? Medicine. Medicine? How long is it reset for? I don't know. What are the stats from Europe? You could die. What does Joe Rogan say? Culture. We don't question the science when our life depends on it. So why question it when <clears throat> millions of lives depend on it? Science has our backs. Get the vax. We don't, question, we don't question the science when our lives depend on it. But that's what's being questioned, is the point, is the point that they're missing there. The, the, what's being questioned is whether or not our lives depend on it. So there's an, obviously an, an assumption there. It's just mm -hmm. a, it's, it's massively biased, obviously. It's a joke to be presenting it as something that would convince people, at least people who would think a little bit, because it's, it's clearly biased. Uh, it starts with a presumption that everyone's lives depend, or millions of people's lives depend on them getting a vaccine uh, against COVID, which is, is is not true, has not been proven. Um, and, you know, obviously trashing, you know, call Joe, obviously a little dig at ivermectin and alternative uh, yeah. treatments for, <clears throat> for, for COVID. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a funny commercial, but it's a, it's, it's insidious. It's insidious, and it's 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 sending that same message of just believe, basically. Just believe. Well, my comeback to them would be: um, should we just believe as thousands of 
medical workers, including doctors, did in hospitals at the beginning of this by taking unnecessarily tens of thousands of people and shoving them into shoving ventilators on them and mm-hmm. killing them. Yeah. Uh, which pretty much came to a halt. We don't know. It, it came to a halt in a big way when somebody stood up and started to question the science on that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. Your, your science can, it, it works both ways. Your science can be um, killing people because you're ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, but just, and just to, just to go through it before we move on to cop, the cop out, um, just throw up, we have a bunch of them here. Just keep in mind that you're a mammograph and obviously it's similar in the US in terms of <clears throat> excess deaths, excess mortality this year compared to last year, more people dying <clears throat> this year compared to last year um, amongst that middle age group from say 15 years old to up to 60 years old. Um, and why that would be in the context of a mass vaccination campaign, you can't really, you shouldn't be able to blame it on COVID, right? The, the vaccines are protecting everybody from COVID. Last year, we didn't have the vaccines. That's why there were deaths, a certain amount of excess deaths last year. This year, there should be fewer excess deaths, at least compared to last year, because last year, like, was COVID, no vaccines. This year, vaccines against COVID deaths should be lower, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're higher. So keep that in mind when we just look at some of these um, links. We can start off with the pictures or uh, whatever, but we'll just scoot through them. <clears throat> so these are, you know, the ones that actually get into the media because the local media picked up on them or the families brought it to attention or whatever. So that's a Utah woman, 39, dies four days after second dose of COVID vac- uh, Pfizer vaccine. Uh, autopsy ordered. Be interested to see where the autopsy goes. Uh, next, Draper Teenager Hospital with the blood clots after COVID nineteen vaccine shot. Next, uh, these are from earlier this year. Uh, Michigan boy dies three days after getting Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine. CDC is <laughs> investigating. Yeah, sure they are. Um, next, fifteen year old's death after getting vaccinated raises concern about VERS. Uh, unaid, unverified reports claim 15-year-old Colorado boy died after getting a vaccine. Next. <laughs> concerns about VAERS, not concerns about the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Healthy what boy a twist. is over the UK. Healthy boy 13 days after suddenly, suddenly in his sleep, three days after getting second dose of Pfizer vaccine. Yay, Pfizer. Next. Model dies after receiving COVID vaccine. Uh, she, that was actually in Cyprus. Um... We have some links in, I think, after that. Is that maybe the last picture? Or is there more pictures? Okay, there is enormous links. social... You, yeah, mother, this was on... Uh, Tucker Carlson brought it up. Mother says, athletes don't develop blood clots after COVID vaccine. We felt enormous pressure. No shit. There was massive pressure exerted. Manipulation, coercion. Uh, next one. Teen boy dies a few days after receiving second COVID vaccine shot. The CDC panel just met this week to weigh vaccine risk to kids. Oops. Next. NCAA athlete hit with severe heart complication after COVID vaccine warns against, and he warns against vaccine mandates. Uh, I think that's the video we have, uh, but you can just keep going. Student athlete's TikTok went viral after he developed myocarditis, myocarditis from the vaccine. Here's what experts want you to know. Don't listen to this. This is bad. This is bad for you to listen to. You should not listen to this. That's what the experts want you to know. That vaccines are fine. Next. 
Francis Perron, 25-year-old University of Ottawa in Canada uh, football player, dies shortly after a football game. Mandatory vaccines were required at the school. Um, I like how they put vaccines in quotes. <coughs> yeah. Good job. Uh, next. And there's, uh, again, Singapore, actually. Teen with a heart attack after vaccine dose receives $225,000. Ah, so they acknowledge yeah. that. Right. At uh, least the best thing. That's Singapore. <laughs> Well, of yeah, course, don't expect any payouts in the US. Well, I think there might be, but Maybe. it's always going to be taxpayer money because the companies are immune from right. any legal repercussions. <sighs> uh, any more? There's just a few you grabbed this. today. There's a few you can do a search. You can. This is. I think this is one of the guys. Yeah, that um, he just you can play a little bit of it. Maybe. I'm in the Who's hospital the guy? right now with heart complications from the COVID-19 vaccine. And I want to inform as many people as I can about the risks from taking the vaccine that I wish someone would have told me. So I am a division one student athlete with no prior health issues. And I got the second COVID shot Tuesday. And within four days, I have been diagnosed with myocarditis and was told that I probably won't be able to play my senior season now. It is a side effect from the COVID vaccine and it's really not being reported or addressed and it is a serious issue that we should all be informed about before making this decision. Shut up. It isn't take right the shot. for people to be forced to take the vaccine oh, right, because there are actual side effects like this that could happen to you and the NCAA should not mandate student athletes to get the vaccine because of what could happen to so many fellow student athletes um, health issues which has happened to me everyone should be informed of the okay. side effects and no well so, i have had all my vaccines and i i think he's an actor hired by trump yeah probably to he's undermine probably, this great nation yeah he's probably a trump trump supporter um that's a level of discourse and there's a couple of other high profile ones well footballers in europe that's not even including all of those ones <clears throat> right i mean I didn't, none of them reported like uh you know kind of high level you know. aguero and yeah. barcelona striker yeah loads of but they didn't report it as no they just said he's going to miss a, the next third of the season while he yeah. undergoes tests for possible heart complications during the summer there were footballers who collapsed on the field yeah multiple in multiple uh cases collapsed on the field while playing of course you don't it's covered up because, you know, if it's a fairly big club and stuff, they're not going to, because uh, they're effectively linked into the, the government and, and, and the vaccine manufacturers and stuff. So there's pressure there to get them to shut up about it and stuff. But all of these cases happened over the summer, basically, so, say starting from like March when people, younger people started getting it all the way through. But everybody at this point, I think, who has gotten it, who, who is going to get it, has gotten it. So those cases, unless everybody starts getting a booster vaccine, then you may see a, a, a resurgence of, of these kind of cases. But all of these reports are basically from up until the end of the summer, basically, when people were still getting the vaccine. Um, so it's a done deal at this point, you know, and we'll never really know the full the full number of people who... And that's just, these are just uh, serious cases. A lot of them are de deaths, as, as you saw there, um, and a few of them are, are serious cases of myocarditis and blood clots. Uh, but there's many, many more... Um, cases of you know fairly serious adverse reactions uh we're talking about tens well at the very least officially tens of thousands uh in the case of the verge reporting system in the u.s there's about ten thousand deaths from vaccines co uh, um, reported on the official 
government reporting website, 10,000 people have died as a result of uh, after, well, after getting their vaccine. Of course, they quibble on that and say that doesn't mean that they died from the vaccine just because they died afterwards, right? Yeah, well, it's something that should be looked at, I think. Anyway, uh, that's where we are. The UK government's on the verge of mandating third shot, the booster. They're not on the verge of. They're doing well, mandating it, yeah. Well, no, already rolled no it out, booster, like. no hassle-free foreign travel. Again, if it was the first in, you want to be able to travel, get the shot. Well, that means they're going to redefine what it means to be vaccinated, which they've already spoken about repeatedly, is that two shots don't mean you're vaccinated anymore or soon won't, will not mean that you're vaccinated anymore. Um, you'll need a third one for, for full vaccination coverage. And if you don't have full vaccination, then you're denied a lot of your civil liberties. Yeah. They say they'll reimpose quarantine and testing for those who have refused third vaccine. Mm-hmm. So they'll just try to, well, we'll see how far they go with that. They just want to annoy the hell out of you initially. Mm-hmm. But it may eventually go <clears throat> mandatory. And after that, I mean, <clears throat> it's going to be mandatory annual shots, right? Biannual shots at this point. Yeah. I mean, they've been rolling out the booster after six months. So if people get a booster now, they're going to need another one next March or April. Did you see the critical paper in um, British Medical Journal? Mm -hmm. Um, Got a little bit of media attention. Yeah, for sure, yeah. COVID-19 researcher blows the whistle on data integrity issues in Pfizer's vaccine trial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were dodgy dodgy protocols, basically. Not proper protocols around... uh, Doing, uh, conducting the trial and reporting uh, adverse events. Of course, but they say this was just a, it was kind of outsourced to a, an organization that was doing part of the trial. A smaller, small percentage of the trial was being, done, was being conducted by this organization or whatever. But still, <clears throat> that was a mistake, right? To send it out to some kind of a, a third party organization that was conducting part of the trial for you, you want to keep it all in-house in Pfizer because you can be sure that there's going to, not going to be any leaks from Pfizer. Although there have been, to some extent, obviously, with the Project Veritas stuff. But, uh, you know, you have more control over it when it's all in-house, right? Um, but, yeah, that's, that, that, that can be seen. Anybody with any sense would, would see that as Rushing indicative. Rushing a vaccine to market. Well, see it as indicative of what's going on in, in the larger trials being conducted by Pfizer itself, right? Yeah. In-house in Pfizer. When when you send it uh, when you send it when you outsource it to someone else and you get you get a snapshot of what the overall trial uh, conditions and protocols are like and they're super dodgy which is not surprising because it's all about money at the end of the day and these pharmaceutical companies have a long track record of covering up negative effects of their drugs I mean anybody can look that up and look at the whole litany of pharma pharma companies who have engaged in that kind of uh, those kind of cover-ups over over decades, really, and there's been massive payouts. All of them, not all of them, but the, the the main players have all paid out billions of dollars to people who are affected negatively, affected negative effect, health effects on people uh, that took the drugs that these pharmaceutical companies approved, knowing that they would have these bad side effects, but covered them up. And these are the same people making your vaccine. But just get it anyway because we all got the shit scared out of us by governments for the past 18 months. So it doesn't matter. And also we don't look at that stuff anyway. And the vast majority of people don't pay any attention to anything 
don't do their own research, don't, don't pay any attention to anything important when it comes to their own health, they don't take responsibility for their own health, and they just pass it all off onto oh, the government. Yeah. Government will take care of me. I trust the government. Why? Because I have to trust the government because I won't take care of my own health. I won't have any interest in my own health. So I have to trust that the government is doing its best and is working in, in, in my best interest when it's approving uh, vaccines or approving uh, drugs. And that also the pharmaceutical companies who are making the drugs are all doing it in the interest of public health. It's got nothing to do with money. They're not just trying to, you know, pump up the bottom line. And it's not about the, 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 the shareholders uh, and profits. It's all about public health. And if they spend billions of dollars researching a drug and it turns out that the drug is actually bad for people, it doesn't do what it's meant to do, they're definitely immediately going to admit that to everybody, just uh, swallow, eat up that, 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 that amount of research money that they pumped into it and start again because it's all about public health. That's what's going to happen, right? And then the unicorns are going to come in, right? Uh, floating across on clouds with bunny rabbits on their backs and kiss everybody on the head <laughs> and administer unicorn juice so that everybody will be healthy forever. Joe. That's what happens well, in that land. A lot of people also just capitulate to fear. That's like you I'm suggested um, yeah, yeah. a couple of shows ago well, yeah. where you explained that uh, we should give people some allowance mm-hmm. Even those who are saying that they're going along with it, that really they just want to be left alone. They're, they're going along with fear and terror. But we know people who are, yep. are have articulated in the past that they're skeptical of vaccines in general, mm-hmm. uh, what are they do? of taking care of their own health. And then we met them again the last 18 months and they said, oh, yeah, I've been vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just because I don't think because I don't follow through my thinking and it's all kind of fairly superficial. Um, and generally speaking I just go along to get along and I hope that everything will turn out all right I hope that the government is working in my best interest I hope that medical uh, or pharmaceutical companies are working in my best interest I have to hope because otherwise I'd have to look at it myself I'd have to research myself I'd have to take ultimately take responsibility for my own health and I just can't do that so yeah you can have sympathy for people because they don't have the time or the inclination to do that and they're stuck they're, they're, they're stuck in a bad in a bad marriage basically in an abusive relationship and um, there's not much to be done about it really except see what happens so Angela Merkel is still in charge in Germany yeah go away is she defure she, <laughs> she's arguing for ban on unvaccinated in public spaces this is from the Times this week Merkel is pushing for severe restrictions for the unvaccinated. Some states have already begun introducing, quote, lockdown light measures for those who have declined the job. In one region, they're effectively banned from indoor public spaces such as restaurants, cinemas, etc. And in another, they're only permitted to gather in small groups. I won't even mention the N-word, but it's funny that Germany was not quite, you know, they lag on the curve of pushing this. <laughs> to her credit, Merkel didn't want to be up front and center leading, you know, the Reichsmarch <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> into lockdown land. But yeah, there they are. I thought maybe for a while that, you know, there'd be more resistance in Germany, even among its elites, mm-hmm. to all this. But it's probably more to do with uh, international image, not to be seen as, you know, <clears throat> invoking certain history. 
It's not all going one way, though. The other news this week is that the U.S. appeals court, I think in doesn't matter where it is, right? It's, it's an appeals court, 19th Circuit, um, blocked Biden's federal vaccine mandate. Mm, yep. And in, in, Canada, in Canada, in Ontario anyway, they rescinded the mandate for healthcare workers. Although it's kind of funny that they did that because uh, there's already a mandate for everybody, whether you're a healthcare worker or not, which is basically if you don't get the vaccine, you can't travel. You can't get them on in a lot of places. In most of the country, you can't fly. You can't get a train or a train or a bus. Uh, so this is this is the insidious part of it, right? There is no because they look at the entire array of what they've called privileges, which are really God-given human rights. But whatever, and they can withhold this a little bit here. They can push over here you know okay fine you've got your freedom there but over here we'll come and get you this way if it's different get you yeah. through your work or yeah. get you through travel how i mean what kind kids of going to school what kind of mental gymnastics do you have to go through to not see that how, how how much does it have to build up uh how much does government have to do before people start to recognize that they are being manipulated and corralled and pushed gaslighted. in a certain direction and, and, and in a direction and gaslighted yeah uh, over and over again. I mean, it, it, again, it comes back to the idea of the the, the 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 will to believe. You know, I want to believe. I have not. I want to, but I have to believe that it's that it's that's not what's happening. You know, it's like reality continues to intrude on these people's lives, and it's a testing of the the their ability to do that mental those mental gymnastics to make it all seem positive when it's objectively it's actually quite negative. You know. And how, how good are you at spinning a negative into a positive? How much negative can you spin into positive, you know, before the whole thing collapses, you know? Um, just one thing, that, one that, another thing that backs up what we were saying earlier on. This is um, uh, from the US. It's from Michigan. Um, ERs are swamped with seriously ill patients, although many don't have COVID. <laughs> yep. But shouldn't we find out what's wrong with those patients and make a vaccine and mandate it? Because those people are, are seriously ill. And some they're clogging dying. up our hospitals. And some of them are dying and they're clogging up our hospitals. Shouldn't we Which have was the whole rationale for getting into this. Find out what's wrong with those people and, get, and make a vaccine. Have Pfizer make a vaccine to stop that happening. We have to stop that kind of thing from happening. That's what, that's what we learned over the past 18 months, that when hospitals are clogged up with anything, and if there's a spike and hospitals can't handle it and it's something that nobody's figured out, we need to figure it out and make a goddamn vaccine for it. There should be a vaccine for everything. There should be a vaccine so that people to stop people going to hospital. Period. Nobody and from dying. Ever. Again. Fucking <laughs> assholes. A vaccine against lying. Well, that'd be a good one. A vaccine against being a a lying sack of crap. Force everyone to tell the truth. Yeah. Doesn't the truth serum. Wonder Woman. <laughs> at our truth what she, have? she had a a kind of lasso of truth don't look one, at me Scotty we need Wonder Woman to come back yeah the golden lasso of golden truth golden lasso of truth yeah, yeah. she Some, bust, like that. bust into Congress and throw it around Nancy Pelosi and <coughs> Chuck Schumer and people like that and everybody in the CIA uh, yeah so well, what, look, what about Bojo it's all explained this week by Bojo by Pete Buttigieg Pete but, but, but gig, but gag, but gag, um, but <coughs> gag. 
Let me give this to Scotty first. Where, where is he? Who is he again? The reason we're all getting vaccinated, he breaks it down nice and simple. He's now, can you believe he's in Biden's go? He's a U.S. Transportation Secretary. Yes. He's recently back from maternity leave. Yeah, you have a baby. Yeah, but he's a gay man. His brother, his, his husband had a baby, not him. I guess, yeah. Anyway. He's the dom, so his husband had a baby. <clears throat> Did you get that article? Anyway, uh, this is what everybody getting vaccinated is all about. The U.S. Transportation Secretary admits that the U.S. supply chain issues won't end until the pandemic does. No food until you get your vaccine. That's what it sounds like. And this isn't the first time a Biden official yeah, the, has said this. Uh, the before deputy, there was Deputy the, Treasury Secretary. Yeah, deputy, last month. Indian fella. Um, we thought at the time, is that a threat? But... Uh, yeah... I don't know. I just don't know what to think of this. Because it, it, it's what it has, the air of it, <clears throat> the way we're reading yeah. it, could be they're holding everyone hostage. Well, do they even explain it? Do they it? have look, that kind of control? Look at, the, look at that first head. Look at that first line. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Butt, Buttgag predicted on Sunday that supply chain issues plaguing multiple industries at the moment are going to continue as long as the coronavirus pandemic does. How, explain explain, the, explain uh, how those two are linked. Uh, so many people are sick from COVID-19 that That's what's That's they're what's not working, it. therefore stuff's not getting made and shipped right. and delivered tomorrow. What about all the people walking off the job because they don't want to be vaccinated? They're part of the problem. How can they walk off the job for not being, because they don't want to be vaccinated, forced to take a vaccination? How can they be part of the problem? if they're healthy enough to walk off their job. They're not sick. They're not leaving the job because they're sick. They're leaving the job because they don't want to be vaccinated. But if you get vaccinated, it'll keep them healthy enough to stay at their job. But they want to stay at their job. They just don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah. Something like four, four million people left their jobs in August. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much higher that is against background rates, but it sounded huge. Um, can we, can you play... But it's just there, he's talking to uh, that total sellout, Chris Wallace from Fox News. Let's talk about uh, the backups in the supply chain. Since the president announced two weeks ago that the Port of Los Angeles was going to 24-7 operations, the number of container ships waiting offshore has not gone down. It's gone up from 56 to 77. One day last week, a terminal pier in Long Beach announced 2,000 appointments for truckers went unused. Goldman Sachs says that port congestion is not going to ease until the second half of next year. Yeah, there are definitely going to continue to be issues, especially as long as the pandemic continues, right? Uh, it, Okay. That's all there is to it. Okay. No, it's going to be issues as long as the pandemic conditions. He's, he's implying or stating directly that that there being a shortage of truckers or shortage of manpower, woman power, whatever power, to ship containers from ports. That's obviously the supply chain problem, right? Or part of the supply chain problem yeah. anyway, and getting it to end users. Labor shortage. To, getting it to retail. 
Um, but has anybody looked at the labour shortage and what's actually, if, if the labour shortage is people um, people being sick and what, what, what is causing their sickness in the context of a lot, most people being vaccinated? But obviously, they, don't, they don't go into that, obviously. They're, no, they're not sick. Um, they didn't actually play his answer there in that short video. But anyway, he says, for the very short term, there are steps we can take. Um, in the medium term, again, at risk of repeating myself, so he clearly said, he apparently said it elsewhere, if we really want to see all these disruptions to this, uh, you know, the movement uh, of goods, if we want to see these disruptions end, we've got to end the pandemic. And that's what getting everybody vaccinated is all about. So if there is if there is some if there are more serious supply chain problems and people you know empty stores empty grocery stores all that kind of stuff people can't get products they want they're going to blame it on a lack of vaccination uptake at least in the US they might be able to do that to some extent because you know yeah but there's plenty of countries where you can't do that because the vast majority of people in, in, in many countries are actually vaccinated is it because they haven't taken their booster is it because we don't know why like in that previous article I just I just put up there uh, a lot of people are actually sick in hospitals filling up ER rooms and we don't know why because most of them are not actually COVID cases it's something else we don't know what that something else is mystery short illnesses um, yeah I, I do it does make me <coughs> want to leave open some play for deliberate Messing with the supply chains. Messing chain. with supply chains. Yeah. Like it's happen, obviously. Um, it wouldn't surprise me the least. Because you know what they say in politics, never let a – Ram Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. So, okay, so this crisis comes up. It's genuinely a supply chain issue resulting from the lockdowns, not so much the, the, the so-called pandemic. And then, well, how can we use this, you know? How can we – how can we nudge people with this? Rahm Emanuel was the White House Chief of Staff uh, under Bush in uh, 2008, late under Bush. Actually, wasn't he Obama's Chief of Staff? Oh, November, uh, oh no, 2008? Because he was a Chicago Democrat. Okay, November 19, that was when he was coming in, yeah. He said, you never want a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that is it's an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. Do what exactly? Hmm. Hold a country hostage. Well, have lots of fun. Get your power jollies. Um, what about the, there was some political... Uh, yeah, there's a third Biden official saying something similar. Um, let me just send this over here. Uh... NBC News, employee vaccine mandate is key to GDP, says Biden economic advisor Jared Bernstein. Like, what the hell? Uh, you see, from, from, you know, your first guess would be, okay, so if everyone gets vaccinated, economic GDP will be healthier. That's apparently what he's trying to claim. You know that just recently, in the last year or two, uh, that Biden's mandate for mandate, mandating businesses with over 100 employees to require vaccination by January 4th, that was put on hold by a, a federal judge. 
Is that the story we mentioned earlier about an appeals court judge? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, been next because I think something like 27 states launched uh, legal action against it. 27, so more than half of the US states launched uh, legal action against the mandating, the government attempting to mandate uh, vaccines for companies with more than 100 people by January 4th. They have to have it done or you'll be fired or something. Um, speaking of politics, uh, what went on in the... Uh, few elections of note in the US recently, um, um, <clears throat> governor elections. Yeah, so it's not only every two years, but every year there's something going on. As it happens, Virginia and New Jersey have elections for governor right. every odd year. Yeah. So um, the big surprise was in Virginia where a kind of rookie – um, governor candidate for the Republican Party won. Um, but that wasn't the only one. People heard about that. And I love the fact that his lieutenant governor on the same ticket as, as a black woman, a U.S. military vet, <laughs> a proud gun owner, you know. Well, this is, yeah. And just stood there and, you know, said, here I am. Mm. I'm Republican. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be because I'm black. But I am. Yeah. Which uh, just trounces the entire but basis of Virginia, that. Biden won Virginia supposedly in last November, a yeah. year ago, by 12, by 10 points. And now uh, in, the, in the governor, election for the governors of that state, one year later, uh, a Republican wins by two points. So that's a 12 point swing in less than a year. Is that, that's obviously a commentary on Biden, uh, where people in Virginia who all supposedly voted, you know, majority voted, significant majority voted uh, for Biden last year, um, suddenly now they want a Republican governor because Biden's just, he's been, they just woke up to the fact that he's Sleepy Joe and he's useless and they didn't know that before. Uh, or is <clears> it? The media's theory is that this is, quote, a referendum on Biden's presidency so far. Of course, far. yeah. That's what they always say. You know, the Green but New there's Deal. Does it call into question the possibility that the actual the result in Virginia last year was not accurate. It always does. It always brings up those Well, Virginia those was one of those states that was a bit uh, tardy yeah. delivering its results. Yeah. Like five days tardy or more. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the only strange result. They, they had some small um, elections to state houses, mm -hmm. either because somebody died or there's a vacancy, whatever, for whatever reason. Oh, well, I should first mention the other governor election was New Jersey. Mm hmm now, there's been a long time, three or four times winner, Democrat there. He, like, considered himself the kingpin of the state. Mm -hmm. um, he almost lost. He almost lost. It was right, right down Official. the wire. Well, actually, on, in Virginia, else? Project Veritas, there's a little video here. You can just watch it. Uh, Project Veritas had somebody on the inside of that count in, in Virginia just last week. And... Um, Here's an example of the kind of thing that apparently was going on. Last year? Uh, uh, the presidential. Uh, yeah. And did you register? No, I wasn't registered either. Are you registered now? Oh, I never filled anything no. out. No. Okay. Then I can't see how you can vote because you're no, not registered. Remember, I do remember him. Okay. Remember we was allowing anyone to we come in. We was allowing anybody to come in and, and, and they say... Um, yeah, during the general, they just let us. So, so, okay. 
I'll let you fill out a ballot now. Whether or not it's going to be, uh, they're going to count it, I don't know. But I don't know if it works because I'm it an Irish citizen. But I'm an Irish citizen. I'm not. It doesn't matter. I mean, are you? You have some citizenship it here. Oh, the work visa, yeah. Listen, we'll let you do it. We'll They'll figure that out. So, you know, there you go. That was one one thing that was happening that happened in the, and obviously that's a project Vertas journalist who's in there pretending to be an Irish citizen and saying, <laughs> I go on, let me vote, will you? Go on. <laughs> my father came, my, my, my great great grandfather came over here and uh, Went back to Ireland. I went back here. Home, I am now. But, you know, um, but there were some other gems that just they like Seattle. Remember last year, Chaz, Chad, Chav, whatever it is, Chop, yeah. the Seattle Autonomous Zone. You know, the summer of love, as the mayor said. All the shit that was going on in that city. Um, Seattle elects Republican a city attorney over the Democratic candidate who was all for abolishing the police, which is the mantra that came out of those riots last year. So after all that, Seattle, Democrat stronghold says, you know what? This has gone too fucking far. Yeah. <laughs> they elect their Republican. Um, there's another one, a uh, credible story. This is for a um, state Senate seat within New Jersey. A New York, a New Jersey truck driver who like had a couple thousand dollars in campaign contributions defeated uh, another longtime senator, the leader of the Senate. Mm -hmm. He had been, you know, the top Democrat senator in the New Jersey Senate, and he was ousted by a truck driver called Ed Durer. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, finally, <clears throat> another um, rookie, Republican, Mexican. Mexican American won a seat in the, a Texas seat, the San Antonio area, on building a wall. Total mm -hmm. Trump stuff, you know, protect the borders. Uh, again, he had very little funding compared to the Texas Democrats, who quote went all in, spending millions to try and defeat him. They lost. So uh, these, th th there are a few samples there. Like either there's been a major shift, as the media is saying it, that they they take the official counts from 2020 presidential election and they look at the results in these small examples a year later and they go look at these swings wow there's been a, a big shift against the democrats in the last year mm -hmm. or that was the state of play in 2020 already mm -hmm. and there's something fishy it just further highlights suspicions are merited when it comes to the result of the presidential count. You're not allowed to say that, though. So. Okay, I retract that. Um, it's just interesting. It's interesting. Okay. Um, that's it, really. There was only a few elections. There was just, yeah, two governorships, um, a few House seats. Interesting. Mm. Um, All right, Bojo. Yeah, bloody hell, a cop. You know, cop is going on for two weeks. I thought it was two days. No, Rome G20 was two days. This, this event's two weeks. That's why there's 25,000 of them. Mm -hmm. It's a big hoo-ha.
Yeah, it's still going. Um, let's listen to Bojo. You know, he what? actually gave the speech. Before we listen to Bojo, but and before we leave that topic that we were just on, uh-huh. I want people to listen to an authority on um, who's that? Is that you? What are you hearing? Don't know. Anyway, um, listen to Big Bird. Hmm. It's been a while. See what he's saying there? Don't listen to Joe Rogan. Listen to Big Bird. Read out what Big Bird's telling you to say to do there, Neil. Oh, about the first tweet? Keep going. Yeah. Read them all. Um, the first one, yeah. I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. Miss Erica Hill even said I've been getting vaccines since I was a little bird. I had no idea. So, that's the final word from Big Bird. I just wanted to throw that in there. Don't listen. Joe Rogan, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Big Bird, he's your man, or he's your... She is a she. She's no? your. I don't know. It's, it's Z's. Z's your avian point of reference. Um, oh yeah. Well, they, they've been hitting cartoons programs. Yeah. Well, that's ki- again, it's back Paw Patrol kids thing. hitting them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's programming. It's, it's mind not programming. just in the last year either. It's mm-hmm. several years. Going is on. it positive mind programming or negative mind, mind programming? That, that's the question that it comes down to. Everybody can make their own decision. Uh, but I think mind programming, as a general rule, is not good. Unless you, you know, self, self-define as a as a kind of slave well, who can't think for yourself, well then go for the programming. You know, just always, absorb it. You know, everything is always about infusing values. Mm-hmm. The question is which values. Do people not have their own values that they can well, form the, themselves? The, the, the creators of anything like that at any given time in history are infusing their ideas and values. Yeah, even if they're what everyone knows or common sense, whatever. Yeah. It's thought of at There's the There's a time. marketplace for values, and you select which ones you want, right? And people who are purveying values. Well, it only became an all uh, an open marketplace when something cracked in initially. The internet. <laughs> no, the, the internet, internet ramped it up big time. Yeah, it's hard to say. But do you remember those uh, stats we looked at at the um, incidence of the uses of certain key terms in the identity politics mm-hmm. narrative white supremacy yeah. white privilege all that yeah uh, a whole bunch of words they mm-hmm. selected they all explode at the same time yeah well, between then, 2011 and 2014 the very fact that you look for that are you able to look for those that data on the internet suggests that it's coming through the internet i mean at least to that at that level that kind of that kind of information and those values quote unquote are coming through the internet you know uh, it was much harder longer you know before the internet before the internet for, for that kind of widespread value seeding to, to, to happen, you know, and, and to be taken up by, by a large number of people, you know. It was the mainstream media that did it in TV and all that kind of stuff, but now well, it's like everybody... Well, how, how did Hitler do it? Well, he did it in one country. Now it's yeah. global. That's the problem. Right now it's global, you know. I mean, beforehand, when shit like this would go down, you'd see one country going down the tubes and you could stand back and go, well, poor, poor them. Mm-hmm. They're having a bad time. They've got a nutbag for a leader. Now it's like global. It's everybody all at once, all the time. So there's no sense of 
being immune to it, even though, well, you can be immune to it, but there's a sense of it, of, of that pressure as, as one of the parents of a vaccinated kid who, who got seriously ill said, actually died, I think, in that case, that there was massive pressure on her, you know. Of course, you know, it's, it's filters down into society where neighbours and all that kind of stuff will, will be the vehicles of that pressure uh, at the local level. But where do they get it from? They get it from the media and they get it from... And it depends on the person, but there's way more people, a lot more people these days are hooked into that because of the internet, especially younger people. Do you remember watching the news much when you were 15? Pretend, <laughs> pretend you're the average person. <laughs> pretend you were the average 15-year-old. That's the right answer here. Pretend you're the average 15-year-old. No, not much. Right, exactly. No, you, know, no. you didn't go and sit in front of the news and that kind of stuff, but kids today, 15 years old, are getting exposed to that through fucking Big Bird right. and, and cartoon characters. You know what I mean? Of course, that could have been done through the TV and stuff as well. But like, you know, the whole plague of cell phones and mm-hmm. tablets and all that kind of stuff and kids with their faces stuck to them. They're getting far more of those kind of quote unquote values shoved down their throats through the, uh, through the appropriate means, uh, means uh, th- than they ever were when we were growing up when there was no Internet. Um, I mean, I, I got my values from being out, you know, lighting fires and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not lighting fires, you know. But lighting, <laughs> he ca- said it now. Campfires, campfires. Oh, singing, singing songs singing around the songs campfire, campfire and yeah. hearing stories and stuff like that. Do you nothing know to mean? do with Going fireworks swimming. and letterboxes. No, no, no nothing, sure. to do, nothing to do with launching fire, fireworks at police cars or anything like that. <laughs> but they're values in themselves. I'm telling you what, they're a lot better values than um, in that context. They're a lot better, better value, values than the values that kids get today. So what you're saying is, kill the internet. Well, I've said that before, but. Yeah, it's it's a, we did a show on that a few years ago. A few years Burn ago, the look what happened since. Yeah, a lot so, of people are terrified the internet. They they do they do need the internet to, to break down, or something. It's not good. or to get At a this break. Point, it's not do good. you know what? A lot of people commented on how healthy it was to get a break from the rat race. Mm-hmm. Depending on their job type and what they could or couldn't do, a lot of people found psychological relief. From at least the first lockdown. Yeah, but after, for a period of time. Yes, it also but had it got adverse, adverse ones overtook any positive ones. Yeah, in the end went for on. most people. Same, definitely the same case for, uh, can be made for a, a break in internet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Connection. Yeah, yeah. Just break them and see how many spells go. Yeah. Uh, it can come back, but give it a few months and... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do we even want it at this point? It's just a few words from Bojo. It was actually, I think it was last Sunday. It's just that we were we were airing while day one was underway. Again, it's just more of the doomsday rhetoric. Here, I'll give it to Scotty. It's just 44 seconds from his speech. It's worth playing it because we know that Boris Johnson knows better than this. He knows this is BS, what he's saying. As we speculated last week, there must be some freaking reason why they say it anyway. Other than, you know, being told they have to say it. Let's have a listen. We are in roughly the same position, my fellow global leaders, as James Bond today. Except that the tragedy is, this is not a movie. And the doomsday device is real. And the clock is ticking to the furious rhythm of hundreds of billions of pistons and turbines and furnaces 
and engines with which we are pumping carbon into the air faster and faster, record outputs, and quilting the earth in an invisible and suffocating blanket of CO2. That's not true. That's observably not true, quilting the earth. Okay, now, anecdotally, when the first lockdown went into play last year, city pollution I almost certainly did plummet, you know? Yeah. People experienced it, and some satellite imagery showed that to be the case. Um, but, but... And okay, so that's true, right? This is the thing. When it comes to that plank of the whole AGW model, mm -hmm. they've always got that. That's plausible. It's true. Pollution, uh, parts of it's invisible. Some of it's visible, smog, detectable. Pollution is a thing, and it is a problem with so many people on the planet. Mm -hmm. But they, the key linchpin in their AGW model is that the next cog in the wheel is carbon dioxide emissions. Mm -hmm and or methane and others, but carbon dioxide is the one they focus on most. Carbon dioxide did not skip a beat. It continued to go like this, March, April, May 2020. Yep. Yep. So there was no hiccup down. So nothing to do with humans. I mean, very, very little to do with humans. That's the big lie in, in, in the climate change scenario. But as, as Boris was saying that, he just brought up that link, Scotty. As Boris was saying that, um, this was going on in the UK. Plan for a UK coal mine. Ha. Ah. Open a new coal mine in the UK. And it'll look like that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's... And again, it's a joke, you know. I mean, like we've said in previous shows, it's a joke. China, the production... The producer for the world of all and everything, basically, is... Uh, oh, about a third of the world stuff. 60% of its energy sources come from coal. Of its energy source comes from coal. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, just stop China using coal and everything will be fine. We're all hypocrites is what <clears> you're <throat> saying. No. I, I, no, only, only no but the, if we were to be on board with them, we would all be hypocrites. Yeah, of course. And yeah. we would flagellate ourselves further. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If, if we believe what their premise is. Um, we, we saw it um, only after the fact, but in early October... 40 religion, leaders of religions in a formal or informal capacity met mm -hmm. at the Vatican. Uh, I guess he was the chief honcho mm -hmm. of them. Pope Francis and 40 faith leaders call for urgent action to combat climate change. Mm -hmm. Future generations will never forgive us. And uh, the head, the president of the COP event was there to receive the statement signed by the 40 mm -hmm. and then presented at COP last week in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. And we watched it, right? It was the same kind of blend of politics with some science with a lot more eschatological type stuff. Like the future generations will never forgive us. Yeah, well, that's manipulative. Um, I, I don't. I don't understand it. Do they? Why do they feel? I, I suppose it's, it has its own propulsion at this point. If they don't agree to an invitation, they risk being cancelled in some respect. 
no matter where in the world they are, I suppose. Yeah, there's some higher power, yeah. Um, anyway, I won't, it's we won't bother to put that up, but uh, it got me quite well, what, what are they going to agree to, at least on paper, at the COP? Yeah. Um, well, they're just what they've already said, which is reduce carbon output between now and 2030 by X number of percentage. We're going to, you know, and, we, and that means we're going to shut down parts of our industry. We're going to shut down parts of our agricultural system, agricultural production, and people are going to starve. And They leave that part out, though. Yeah, well, they don't mention that. That's in the footnotes. Y'all are going to starve. Um, the whole, you know, the whole we're in this together, that's, that's the thing that gets, a, that, that, that combines or that unites um, covid and the pandemic and and the global warming is the idea, the messaging that we're all in this together, you know. Uh, this is a shared problem. And as governments are saying that, you know, so it's governments who sit above everybody else, at least in their estimation, they're the ones who are trying to tell us that the, the, the great unwashed that we're all in this together with them, right? We're all, we're all our man was rolling this together. It's actually a term called, a, a guy, Gavin De Becker, he's an American kind of, uh, what is he, yeah, yeah. He's an author and security specialist, whatever, in the U.S. He, he coined the term forced teaming. He said it's when a person implies that they have something in common with their chosen victim, hmm. acting as if they have a shared predicament when that isn't really true. If a person is lying, they will add excessive details to make themselves sound more credible to their chosen victim. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up what's been going on for the past, uh, over this entire climate climate change anthropogenic global warming we're all in this together COVID we're all in this together we all need to get get behind it and do our part and that's one thing you hear from people a lot ordinary people who wouldn't necessarily be party to, uh, to the kind of things that we are the perspective that we have say that they felt that they were coerced or manipulated or well they don't necessarily say they were coerced or manipulated but they felt that they were uh, encouraged to go along with everything that that has happened and they're also feeling encouraged to go along with all of the climate change business in order to uh, do it as a team effort we're all in this together play your part be a good citizen this is the only society we have we all have to play our part in doing and it's all all the stuff that you're being encouraged to do uh, and and to to engage in is coming from people who are not part of your society effectively because politicians are really not part of society they don't they don't view the world and view society in the same way ordinary people view society so it's it's a it's it's a false manipulative tactic clearly by definition for governments to turn around to the people and say we're all in this together let's do let's all play our part we all share we all have a common aim a common goal we all have a common investment or common um, future future when that's not the way they see themselves or society. Yeah, and we don't have a common society. present, for yeah. God's sake. You are, we don't have a common present. They live in, effectively, the wealthiest of them anyway, in a breakaway civilization. Yeah, They don't share the same civilization as the rest of them. They haven't worn masks on their private jet. They have had no interruptions as they zip around the world, mm -hmm. not just to this conference, but everywhere else. Mm -hmm. They've been flying in and out of Australia and New Zealand, no problem. Well, nobody else could, yeah. They, they don't, they're not part of the civilization. Mm. They're not part of the rabble, for sure. So, um, yeah, you're being manipulated, is the bottom line. And if you can't see it, well, then, tough shit. 
It's a dangerous position to be in, to be, to be in a position where you are being manipulated and you don't see it. And you yourself, um, like I was saying earlier on, engage in all sorts of mental gymnastics to make that square peg fit the round hole so that you can feel more comfortable, so that you can reduce your levels of anxiety that are coming from uh, unconscious perception that something's not right about the situation, but you can't put your finger on it and you won't go there. So you come up with a plausible narrative in order to reduce your levels of anxiety that are an accurate reflection of what's actually going on, but you are giving, you're essentially bullshitting yourself in order to calm yourself down. Um, but you're setting yourself up in that way, probably or potentially given the situation, you're setting yourself up for a big fall in the future when it all comes crashing down, when it all comes too much to cover up. And all at once, you have to face uh, the fact that you've been you know, denying and lying to yourself for so long and suddenly the reality intrudes and boom, what are you going to do? You haven't prepared yourself, uh, even just psychologically or emotionally in order to deal with that, let alone the, the physical manifestations of something that can go quite wrong as a result of you playing along with a narrative that does not reflect what is actually happening on the ground, you know, um, how that manifests, you know, there's scenarios, there's, we can't predict what the scenarios will actually be, uh, where people will be in those kind of difficulties, but one that's very common is like, where you, where you believe, believe, believe about, for example, in terms of the supply chain crisis, you know, where you say the government says it'll all be fine, if we just get vaccinated, it's all going to be fine, it'll all work itself out by the middle of next year, 2022, everything will be okay. So you just go along with that narrative, you don't look at what's actually happening and look at the global context and the overall uh, situation, and you don't prepare yourself in any way. And then all of a sudden, boom, like from one day to the next almost, suddenly there really are no, there really is no food in the supermarket, there are no essential supplies that you need. And you find yourself in a big city uh, as one of maybe a few million people all rushing down to the local stores to do a Black Friday on each other, beat the heads of each other to try and get the last supplies. That's one example of the kind of scenario that, you know, can and has obviously in the past uh, manifested in these situations. And it's, that's the kind of thing that you need to, that's the payoff you get of not finding yourself in that situation. If you take the pain now of facing mm. into the reality mm. and accepting the unpleasant reality rather than the comfortable narrative, uh, and go through that pain, pain advance in a certain sense, go through that pain in advance of, of facing into reality so that you don't find yourself in a difficult position all at once where with the floodgates open type thing where it all hits you at once, you know. So uh, this is what we try to convince people or convey to people that this is what's happening, this is what probably will, be ha will happen in the, in, the, in the relatively near future and you need to at the very least be psychologically and emotionally prepared for it. If you're not, you're in trouble. Because your mental state in those situations dictates your actions, you know, and if it's a shock to you, if it's too big of a shock to you, you'll be, you know, you, you won't do the, the right thing. You won't be thinking straight, so you won't act in, in the appropriate way. You won't read the situation. You won't have been watching the situation and you won't, therefore won't read the situation when it happens all at once. You'd be confused, dazed and confused, basically, and uh, more likely to engage in... Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, stupid stupid actions, you know, that just make things worse. Anyway, um, what time is it? 5.30. I think we've said enough for today. Um, it's pretty much, you know, similar to what we've been saying over the past few weeks, With obviously with details, we're just charting the situation as it moves along here, um, keeping you up to date on the important topics and where we're at. 
we don't have a crystal ball, although we, you know, like to look into a metaphorical one now and again. But it's getting clearer and clearer as time passes. That well, that's one of the payoffs of paying attention. Yeah, for sure. To being, the present, being able to, as it is, because you can, to some extent, fairly well. Yeah, you can prognosticate in general terms. You can, you can predict. You can be not. You can be not shocked when things happen. Right, for sure. Yeah. Oh, the shock and is respond much, calmly. Mu- the shock is much reduced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll just keep doing that until uh, till the fat lady sings. If she is ever going to, please sing soon. <laughs> this is getting interminable. Uh, but anyway, so we hope you stay with us and we thank our watchers and listeners and whatever you're doing. Our commenters. Um, and our commenters, of course, because commenting is awesome. Way. Don't forget to smash all the buttons, like everything, subscribe to everything. I mean, on this page, on that, on this YouTube page. And um, we'll be back next week with another show on whatever madness has beset has further beset the world at that point in time. Um, so until then, have a good week, everybody. Stay safe and keep the faith. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Can't stop the signal now.